Hey everybody, and welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. So, sorry there's been a little break since we last recorded and released a podcast, but that's because we've been uh, swapping over something for the podcast to make it a whole lot more professional, and also because we're really glad to welcome a sponsor of the podcast for the first time ever. So, we're now uh, sponsored by Coan, which is an OKR tool. So that's why you'll be hearing now some adverts, really short adverts, hopefully really useful adverts, um, pre-roll and mid-roll on the podcast. Um, we're, we're really excited to work with those guys. We've been working with them for a couple of years um, and, and they're a fantastic piece of software. So I recommend you check those guys out. Um, but without further ado, let's, let's crack on with this week's podcast. So really pleased to welcome Beth, from user conversion. Thanks for joining us, Beth. You're welcome. Um, and we're actually recording in their offices in the centre of Manchester today, which is very exciting because we're testing out their fancy podcasting software, which I'm not sure you've actually used before, have you? Never. So I do apologise if you can hear the office in the background. <laughs> yeah, there are some people uh, making cups of tea and stuff in the background, so try to block those out. Um, but today we're going to be talking about something really interesting, which user conversion do, which I've not heard of other people doing in the past which is how they actually set and use and track OKRs with their client projects, not just internally, bringing an external focus to them as well. Um, so first of all, Beth, just tell us a little bit about what user conversion do. Yeah, so we are a conversion rate optimization agency. Um, so we basically work with businesses to try and grow both their online and offline, but primarily their online um, sales mostly. It's mostly e-commerce businesses that we work with. Um, so we have teams made up of analysts, researchers, designers, developers and consultants um, and we will work with our clients on their business strategy to grow what they're making online. Okay, and is it, so it's mainly e-commerce you, yeah. you mentioned. Fantastic. So um, how do you guys use OKRs internally then? I know we're going to talk about the client stuff, but, but do you use them yourselves? Yeah, so that's how we kind of started with OKRs, um, bringing them into use with our teams. Right. Um, we had It was kind of part of our overall business strategy to increase sort of engagement and alignment. We had a lot of feedback from our team that kind of something we wanted to resolve. We've always been really generous with kind of personal development time for people, but there was a bit of... Um, a bit more guidance needed I think people were kind of really appreciative that they had all this freedom to go out and learn and develop in whatever areas they wanted but they wanted to make sure that what they were doing was actually going to impact the business as well so we kind of had a team that were crying out to us saying we want to add more value to the business and okay I seemed like a really useful tool to kind of get that alignment so we could set our business objectives and kind of cascade them down and give everyone that kind of sense of purpose so that what they were doing wasn't just for the benefit of the client, but it was also for the benefit of them and it was for the benefit of the overall business Okay, fantastic. Well. So how long have you been using OKRs internally then? Um, about 18 months. Right. And were you in charge of getting them up and going? or? Yeah, pretty much. It was kind of championed by me and David, our owner. Right. Um, initially, probably... More so me on the internal side, and then I think it was championed by David more for the client. Okay, cool. And and what struggles did you go through with setting them up, or was it all plain sailing? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um, probably every struggle that everyone goes through. Right. Um, the writing of them yeah. was a challenge, the key results specifically. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what we do is about learning, so it's 
sometimes quite hard to quantify whether you've learned something or not. Right, okay. Um, so putting some measures in there for your key yeah, results. Yeah, that was quite difficult. So we had a lot of... Um, that kind of led to a lack of engagement with our OKR tool because people didn't feel like they could check in because they didn't right. have an update. Okay. It was always either I've done it or I've not. Right, very binary. Um, yeah, so there'd be kind of no progress on the OKRs until the end of the quarter mm-hmm. and then suddenly everyone would mark it as complete. Right, okay, not so, quite the idea. Yeah, so it was really hard to see how people were progressing. Mm-hmm. But have you seen an increase in things like engagement and accountability then since you did it? I think so, yeah. So one of our core values is actually accountability. Right. Um, which obviously links really well with our use of OKRs. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, engagement-wise, we do kind of survey our team every quarter um, for engagement and things like that, and we definitely see positive movements there. Good. There is an increased sense of kind of feeling like you're contributing to the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and just a, an increased awareness of what that bigger picture is. Okay. Um, kind of where we're going as a business. It's not just we want to grow by X amount of money or clients. And have OKRs allowed your staff to understand what part they play in that as well? Yeah, I think because we kind of split our OKRs into maybe one that's focused around where we want to take our brand, mm-hmm. one around where we want to kind of adapt how we're, and progress how we work with clients. So it's really easy for them to then see oh, well, I can influence this area by doing X, Y, Z. Okay. Sounds really interesting. So um, let's start to think then about the main main theme of the podcast today. How you guys are using them with clients? Because we we spoke back at the end of last year, actually, didn't we, when we first started having these conversations around the podcast. And, And I understand you set OKRs alongside your clients? Yeah, so we... Just to go back to the reason we kind of brought them in for clients, we realised that all the things that we wanted to achieve with our teams in terms of getting increased focus and alignment, we also wanted all them things with our clients. Sure. Um, obviously, the more aligned you are with your client, the smoother that relationship's going to be, the more opportunities are going to come out of that relationship. Um, so it just kind of seemed to make sense. Yep. Um, and we were quite often speaking to clients about what are your business objectives, what do you want to achieve like big picture outside of just conversion mm. so that we could then see how we could fit. Yep. And it was kind of the same sort of thing as OKR. Sure. We wanted to set ours linked to their overall business objectives. Right. We wanted it to cascade down to us. Um, so it made sense to be setting those with the client so that rather than being like a siloed agency on the side working mm. on our own goals, yep. we were working on things that they were actually bothered about. 100%. And that you knew were going to have an impact, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's really interesting then. How did the how do the clients, I suppose, when you first bring this up, react to going through this process? Because I can't imagine it's something that many of them have gone through before. Yeah, I think the the idea of it's quite an easy sell. You know, yeah. we're gonna set really clear measures mm-hmm. for success mm-hmm. um, and try and hit them. Um, I think an adjustment we went through was going from kind of having a, a strict plan of what we were going to do to, well, we're not really focusing so much on the what, it's just the what we want to achieve. Sure. Um, so that increased flexibility of the actual plan to get there. Okay. So previously, a lot of our conversations would have been about, okay, we had this, this and this in the roadmap. We've done the first two, we're now doing the third. Whereas now it's less about... Yeah, we've ticked off all these jobs that mm-hmm. we've done. And it's yep. more about 
what you've delivered. Yeah, we're confident we're going to hit this measure and meet this objective. Sure, okay. So has it increased the contact time that you're having to have with clients or decreased it, do you think? It varies. Right. I think probably by the maturity of the client in using objectives mm-hmm. um, and the size of the client and obviously the size of the retainer and things like that, but it's prob- probably overall less. Okay. Um, we used to do kind of one hour calls every week with every single client, right. which would probably 50 minutes of that would be just talking them through what jobs we'd ticked off the list this yeah, week. Yeah, okay. Whereas now we're just talking about results and we're just talking about outcomes and what we've achieved and what we've learned. Yeah, that's brilliant, um, isn't it? So not only is it less time, it's a lot more strategic conversations. Yeah. Because um, we're talking about what we've achieved and ha- like what that means for them. 100%, that's what I was about to say, yeah. And, and why you're working for them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I guess you guys should know what's going to make the difference but actually what they care about is the difference yeah and and you're more direct in those conversations do you think it's increased accountability on you and your team i think so in terms of accountability to the results yeah because the thing with kind of how we used to work we would have a really rigid project plan that we'd set at the start Mm -hmm. Um, and we knew what the end goal of the project was but so far as the team were concerned, if they had a list of work and they'd completed it, then yeah. they'd done their job. Yeah. Whereas now it's, well, no, you need to hit the result. I mm. don't really care what work you do to get there. Sure. So long as you get there. Yeah. And we trust our teams internally. Like we hire specialists for a reason mm-hmm. that it doesn't make sense for me to say to one of our analysts, you should do X, Y, Z to meet this objective. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell them what the end result is and... Yeah, and and I guess that goes hand in hand with what you were just telling me about before we started recording with with your fully flexible working policies. Yeah. You know, you're hiring the staff that you trust. Yeah, absolutely. How did the staff react to that increase in accountability then? Mostly really, really well. I think with anything like that, there's always some kind of anxiety um, that there's going to be this big pressure on. Uh But I think the fact that the accountability is kind of within the team rather than the individual. Yeah. Like, th- it's very rare that we'll have an objective that one department can meet by itself. Mm-hmm. It's all there's always going to be some cross functionality. Yeah, there's going to be an Super. analyst pulling the data and then the researcher pulling the the qual side of it. Yeah, um, and then coming together to come up with solutions. Do you think there's there's a cultural shift that you've had to make there then? Because we do find that the the word accountability is quite interesting. Um, it can kind of play one of two ways in people's minds either either blame or opportunity yeah is what tends to come from accountability is, yeah. is that what you've found yeah definitely i think there's yeah people will always hear it in either a really positive exciting way mm. or a oh god this means it's all on my shoulders yeah i'm going to be in trouble mm. um but i think we get around that reasonably well with the whole so our teams are split into pods okay which is basically like a little project team with one analyst, one researcher. Yeah. Um, and the accountability for client success sits with the pod as a whole. Okay. It's never really down to one person, even the consultant who's the kind of leader of that pod. Right. It's not their sole responsibility or accountability, I guess, to deliver that success. You have to do it all together as a team. Okay. That sounds really interesting. So speaking of this, this 
pod leader then, the, the lead consultant with the client, I suppose. Is it their responsibility to set the OKRs alongside the client? Yeah, so they'll kind of lead the process of doing that. They'll um, run the workshop. We quite often set our OKRs within workshops. What, what does that look like then? Talk us through that process. Um, I mean, it varies massively on where the client currently is. So right. sometimes a client will come to us and when we ask them what they want to achieve, they'll just tell us they want us to increase the conversion rate. And then, so then we have to Do start... Do what it says from, on the tin. <laughs> yeah, so then we have to kind of take them a few steps backwards and actually do a lot of work up front to figure out, well, what are the specific actual measures? What does success of this look like? Because that was something I think we came up against quite a lot earlier on, where we'd kind of reached the end of a retainer or a project mm. and think we'd done amazingly, but their expectations were completely different of what success looked like. Right. Um, whereas sometimes we'll have a client come to us and they've got a really clear business objective, but it's not kind of broken down into, well, how does a website fit into that? Or how does the marketing team fit into that? So we'll then just kind of align ourselves with the business goal and see how we fit. Okay. And sometimes they're really matured and sometimes even use OKRs themselves where they'll already have the full business objective and then they'll have different specific objectives for each team or a section of the website or a section of the market. And then it's really easy for us to just go into a workshop and within an hour come out with a really clear idea of what we need to achieve in the next few months. Okay. Sounds like you've got something to teach us there. Our OKR <laughs> workshops take about a day each. so <laughs> That's a very rare, very mature client. Sure. It usually takes a lot longer and a lot yeah. more collaboration. And we'll do things like going and spending an entire day sat with the frontline service uh, support right. team hmm. to figure out, because if they say to us, we want to increase the conversion rate of the website, we need to figure out where is the actual opportunity to increase it. There'll be certain sections where of the website the that points. don't work well, or there might be certain kind of sections of the users that don't we we have some clients who their kind of market is a bit older so they'll have kind of used the web in a completely different way to a, a younger market hmm. um so we'll go and and sit with the people who are actually hearing the complaints from the users and from that we can then figure out where can we actually have an impact and an influence on moving these metrics so when you're setting the OKRs with your client then, do you set them on like a project basis or a three-month basis or...? Yeah, we'll try and do them quarterly. Okay. We'll quite often have um, kind of a, a goal for the year, which we then right. break down into quarterly objectives. So we've got okay. the big picture, but quite often that big picture is so big that there's no way we'd ever achieve it in anywhere under a year. So we yep. break it down then. Awesome. So kind of objectives that follow on logically from each other. Okay, so, and then you reset them every quarter? Yeah, we'll re, kind of reevaluate them. So we try to meet with our clients at least once a quarter, if not once every six weeks. Right. And that's where we would kind of redo the workshop and just check, is this, are yeah. we still going in the right direction? Because sometimes, obviously, a business can tell you what their overarching goal for the year is, and mm. three months down the line, it's completely changed. Completely changed, yeah, 100%. So how often do you check in with the, the clients then on the OKRs? So, for the most part, we still do weekly calls with clients. Okay, um, and, and those conversations are focused around the OKRs? Yeah, so they won't always be a formal check-in, kind of let's yeah. update the key results on this call, mm -hmm. but it's a, a kind of a progress report. Yep. Do we still feel confident we're going to hit it? Are we as far along as we should be to hitting this certain metric? Fab. 
Um, and yeah, just a bit of a sense check, making sure nothing's changed yep. at their end and we're still aligned. And what about internally checking in then? Do you have a different process for that? Yeah, we try and encourage people to do it. I think most people have a reminder set in the calendar to do it every week. Right. Um, Does it happen every week? No, <laughs> for the most part. But everybody has one-to-ones every two weeks with their line okay. manager. And one of the questions in the one-to-one template is about objectives. Um, and then those templates are set so that each time you sit, you make some commitment for what you're going to achieve by the next time you sit. Okay, sounds really interesting. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing everything about OKRs. It helps your teams achieve their objectives and key results, it gets them aligned, and most importantly, it helps them stay engaged. A lot of people start with shared spreadsheets, but they simply don't scale well enough when you're using OKRs properly. But with Koan, you can scale your OKRs across your entire business, no matter the size or shape of of the teams. It also keeps your teams motivated and moves them in the right direction. There's loads of features that are really good about Koan. Uh, Roger, which is one of your favorites? Yeah, so one of the things I love about Koan is its integrations. So often we get told uh, when we suggest another system to, to a client, oh, crikey, not another one that we have to use. Well, actually, the fact that it integrates really well with systems like Slack and Jira makes it pretty seamless. Uh, and one of our clients has really gained a huge amount of benefit from these integrations. He's an investor. Um, he's taken Koan and put it right at the heart of how he manages all the businesses which he uh, has an investment in. As, as they provide updates, they come through to his Slack account and he can really keep on top of uh, the updates from uh, the businesses on their progress against their OKRs and their reflections and such like. So really, really valuable, valuable uh, in, in way of uh, sharing information around that. Brilliant. Okay, cool. So, so the process that you guys have got into sounds like you've you've set up a an amazing culture around it. It sounds like you're doing a fab job. Have clients reported to you that you know they're really seeing a dramatic benefit from this approach? No, <laughs> um, but I think anyone who's kind of implemented OKRs knows it's not a case of you bring them in and suddenly within a couple of weeks everyone's sure buzzing and kind of reaping the re- the benefits of it yeah. already. Um, I think I was speaking to one of our consultants the other day who's been with us the longest right. kind of pre-OKR days. Okay. Um, and when I said, how do you think it's changed how we work with clients? And he said, it's absolutely fundamentally changed the way that we work. Right. Um, which is amazing. Um, and the, think, what did they say around that then? What's what's really changed? Um, I think the, the focus and the alignment. Right. So a challenge we kind of see a lot in our industry specifically um, and something that I don't think anyone's really nailed is how we prioritise what work we're going to do. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get a lot of spread betting. Right. So a client will come and say, increase my conversion rate. Uh-huh. You'll then go and look at every part of the site yeah. and like, discover a hundred different things you could possibly fix mm-hmm. and just run a lot of tests and hope right. something sticks. Okay. What I think OKRs have really helped us with is, is getting that focus to... For an entire quarter, we will focus on just one thing okay. and absolutely nail it before moving on to the next rather than improving this little section of the site by a tiny amount and this other section by a tiny mm-hmm. amount. We're really focused and 
yeah, that prioritisation is a lot easier. Right. Um, in terms of the actual client relationships, I think we can see in the work that we're doing that that kind of goal of getting a lot closer to the business challenges has absolutely like done a 360 or mm. 180. Yeah, 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 the good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're kind of we're getting involved in areas of a client's business that we would never have even been considered for before. Oh, interesting, like like what? So things like when they are looking at changing a certain piece of technology or a certain piece of software that can potentially have nothing to do with the work we're doing. They're looping us in, right? Just in case it might affect us. So it might be the what their website's built on mm. and they're going for a new one and previously a client would just Do let it. us know we're replatforming so we're going to cancel our contracts we'll be back in a few months when it's done right whereas now we're getting involved from the absolute from selecting tools from going and meeting tools that's really interesting isn't it yeah. so that that must be an outcome of them understanding the impact that you're having rather than just the actions you're taking yeah i think it's the increased just trust and alignment yeah. generally we're getting involved in things like um internal recruitment if right, they're hiring really? a new researcher they're getting us involved in interview processes and you don't think that would have ever happened before the okr days no i don't think so i think we were really siloed we were just seen as an agency that the marketing department of this business uses whereas yeah. now we're getting involved right up to that's really really interesting yeah, actually and and that must be awesome for you guys as well to see the bigger impact on the organisations you're working with. Yeah, definitely. And I think just the opportunity to get involved in a hell of a lot more yeah. stuff. It's always um, exciting. Yeah, and kind of dip our toes in areas we've maybe not looked at before. Mm. Um, and working on just bigger, more exciting projects. Obviously, the more work we're doing for one client, the better we can get to know them. Yeah. And then the more... It's a continuation process, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, 100%. Really, really agree with that. Do you have any clients out of interest that um, kind of came in before the OKR days and are now still going alongside OKRs? Yeah, I actually think they're the ones. If I look back over the last year um, and kind of our growth as a business, a lot of it has come through existing clients doing more with us right? rather than necessarily getting more clients. Um, so a lot of them that have kind of come on this journey with us and seen the impact with us and kind mm. of grown and learn um some of our clients had never heard of okrs before yeah and not since, many people have yeah <laughs> since using them with us have now implemented them in their business oh that's interesting which, yeah which yeah. is crazy that's but really exciting we're obviously doing it all right you're doing it really well yeah spreading the word and hence hence the point of the podcast <laughs> yeah. so i mean do you have any other client success stories you could share with us i can't think of any specific um, I think it is just the general theme for us. Like I said, there's none that have gone, oh my God, we love these OKRs, so we're going to suddenly double our contract with you. Yeah. It's more just been a really gradual shift mm. to from one of our kind of business goals actually was to go from that kind of transactional relationship, we buy this work off you, you complete it, job done. Yeah. So this more consultative partnership. Mm-hmm. And I think OKRs have been absolutely kind of the key driver of us pretty much achieving that goal as a business, really, um, and completely transforming how we work yeah. with pretty much all of our clients. I don't think there's any that had classes still being quite transactional. Mm. They are all really That's good. now. 
Is there anything further that you would like to see from OKRs or that you think you could benefit from in the future that's not quite there yet? Yeah, I think we're still evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of went through a journey of setting them too broad and then it being a little bit demotivating that we were never going right. to get anywhere near them. To yeah, then fine balance. Yeah, to then going a bit too specific where it was, oh, we're a month in and we've nailed this. Yeah. And then that's a bit demotivating because yeah. well, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> Just do stuff for the sake of it, which is the exact opposite of what we want to achieve. That's the point, yeah, else. 100%. Um, so I think we're still getting there. There's still clients that we're maybe a bit earlier in the journey with, kind mm-hmm. of getting them bought into the idea of OKRs and that we'll still kind of try and move the goalposts somewhat, which is on us yeah. to get better with them at... If we have set those OKRs well enough with them, they shouldn't want to change them. No. Because they should be absolutely critical and super important to them. They understand they're the priorities. Yeah. So it's all. I think it's always a work in progress. We've got four different consultants, each managing five or six clients in such varied industries of such varying sizes um, and kind of varying maturity levels. That right. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where everyone's doing it to the same sort of level. Yeah. And we kind of want that to an extent in that each of our pods are autonomous. Mm-hmm. So if there's a certain client that our way of doing OKRs doesn't really work with them, we kind of want to... They've got the flexibility to change yeah. them. Yeah, and you know, that's... Well, the other reason we do this podcast really is because there is no one right way of doing OKRs. Yeah, exactly. So not only do you have your way of doing it at user conversions but also within your pods that's yeah and within your different clients it's bound to happen yeah absolutely yeah no it's really interesting do you guys run retrospectives internally around your okrs yeah we do we do it um not always specifically just on the okrs but on the whole so with clients we'll do it just on the whole relationship so we'll talk about things like communication style as well as right. the work um because again, that's something that pods have autonomy over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do them as pods internally as well right. on how the previous month's gone. And are those pods, um, do they always stay as the same people or do you bring different people in and out of different pods? They're mostly the same. Right. Um, sometimes the kind of um, department split of a client's retainer will change. Mm-hmm. Um, we might find out a piece of... Uh, data on a website that we really need to pump a lot of research into so yeah. we'll pull a researcher from another pod onto it and in that case that would then be that client's individual team right um because all of our clients kind of book a block amount of time i suppose over a quarter mm-hmm. and the way that split can change week to week month to month sometimes sure. they'll need loads of development to build a lot of experiments. Sometimes they'll have none because we're just in pure discovery phase. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it can flex. Mm, it's really interesting. It sounds like you've got a good culture going on down here. I think so. How long have you <laughs> been with the company? Um, three years in March. Right. And how old is the company? Uh, it started in 2014. Okay, so relatively new. Yeah, yeah, we're quite young. Yeah, okay. And have you seen a big change in those three years you've been here then? Oh, massively, yeah. So I was brought in... Um, when the agency was kind of making that shift from start-up to mm-hmm. slightly more grown-up business. Yeah. Um, so David, our owner, when I started, 
kind of told me that my remit was to help us get our big white pants on. <laughs> okay. And like formalize certain things yeah. and certain processes. At, at the time when I came in, we were 10 people. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any concept of sort of tracking time. Yeah. So we didn't know which clients were being serviced fairly, which were being underserviced, mm-hmm. overserviced. Uh, the amount of work that we booked in, kind of nothing was ever estimated. Okay. So someone would just be given a job list mm-hmm. with no idea of whether that was supposed to take them a day or a month. Right. Um, it was wild. We didn't have <laughs> proper goals set with clients. It was uh-huh. just we we truck on. And yeah, and just got on with it. As all feed, startups do. Yeah, and we drip feed them the good news. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> withhold the bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> But yeah, so we went, we've gone through quite a big journey from mm-hmm. to now being this massive, beautiful office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a beautiful office, I must say, and lovely location down on the canals in Manchester. Yeah, I mean, there's very scary geese outside, but... <laughs> All geese are scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Manchester's famous for its scary geese. But yeah, I think, okay, I was just part of that journey for us, like getting our big boy pants on, let's bring yeah. some formality. Yeah. Because like I said earlier, we've always been really good with giving people a lot of freedom for to get involved in new opportunities and to try new things and develop, but there was just no guidance mm. there. No one really knew where the agency was heading, just that we were growing. Yeah. We're getting bigger, but not. So the numbers were going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. and it was like, oh, well, we're growing, so that's fine. Mm. We needed a little bit more direction. I think that's where it's helped us a lot. Fantastic. Well, sounds like a, a fab success story for OKRs, I've got to say. Mm. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Beth, and thank you for letting no me borrow problem. your um, your equipment. <laughs> That's all right. It's gone Best very time well. Using it. I hope it's uh, all picked up all right. <laughs> yeah, me too. We'll <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks again for listening, guys. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. As usual, use hashtag Giant Talk to let us know what you thought. Um, and if you want to get in touch with Beth on LinkedIn, then it's Beth Lang, L A N G. I can't remember if I'm on as Bethany or Beth. Okay, well you'll be tagged <laughs> in our posts anyway, Bethany, so you, yeah. so you can find it through that. Um, and any recommendations for future episodes just let us know guys and and, uh, we'll chat to you next week cheers bye